Good evening. Welcome into the State Farm Center. Shout out to all our live YouTube listeners here with the Illini Enquirer podcast live after Illinois wins their season opener. Derek Piper, there was a basketball game here at State Farm Center. Felt like it took Illinois a little uh, time to realize there was a basketball game going on. Uh, they get down 15 to 6 to Eastern Illinois, miss 12 of their first, team, first 13 threes, 6 of their 8 first free throws. It was ugly, but uh, as we're seeing, Michigan State upset tonight. Rick Rucker's upset tonight. This is why they play some of these games, but uh, Illinois able to dominate the final you know, 30, 35 minutes in this game. 80 to 52, they get the win over Eastern Illinois. A lot of ugliness with the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good from Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. 18 points in his debut. Leads Illinois off the bench. Really sparked them. Terrence Shannon, 16 points. He really took over this game at the midway point around halftime. But uh, Illinois dominates as they should in the final 30 minutes here. But what a rough 10 minutes that was. And we will react to one of the Illini who will not be playing this season, according to Brad Underwood. But uh, first thoughts, Derek, on the game that happened. We got through it together. Uh, The first 10 minutes, man, that was uh, some bad basketball. And for a minute there, you're sitting there wondering, like, this team beat Kansas, really? Uh, but, you know, like you've mentioned, there's some uh, around the country, some teams getting back in a groove and trying to find themselves and, and work out some some rust, if that's what it is. Although Illinois really shouldn't have a ton of rust. I, I think that, you know, Terrence wasn't – Terrence Shannon spoke to us after the game. Brad talked about it. This team didn't really have a lot of life early. They didn't have a lot of, uh, of juice and energy, and they were getting beat up on the glass, which was a little surprising. And uh, – I'm not, not overreacting too much. I, I joked with you that I wanted to delete my column because uh, I said I was all in on this team. And then there was a little bit of reminiscent of, of last year of uh, maybe taking things a little lightly and, and not having assertiveness from your star and whatnot. But uh, one night sample size, you don't want to take too much. But you, you'd like to see Illinois maybe step on the throat a little bit uh, earlier on in the game. But uh, it's one basketball game. Uh, Coleman Hawkins – Played great against Kansas, didn't play very good tonight. Terrence started really slow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some bright spots. Draven gives Lawhorn for sure. And um, ultimately you beat one of the worst teams in, in Division One. So you, you, you got that done, and uh, you're, you're not feeling the pain of, of Michigan State or, or Rutgers tonight. So you move on, but you do have to be better because Oakland gave Ohio State all they could handle uh, tonight in Columbus, and you're going to see them on Friday. This is human nature. We've seen this many times covering Illinois basketball, Derek. Um, we just got to see how pumped up they were to play the number one team in the country at home. Like they they were up for that game, and it's easy to get up for that game. It's not as easy to get up for Eastern Illinois, but that's the job of the veterans, of the starters, uh, to do it. And, and Coleman Hawkinson's didn't bring it tonight. I think that's clear. I'm a big fan of his game, but he, he just didn't bring the energy. I didn't think Terrence led his team, and Terrence said that after the game. Um, they, those guys felt like they were playing Eastern Illinois. Like, they, we show up, we're going to win, and they did. <laughs> they did. They, they found a way to win against one of the worst uh, teams in the country, at least according to Ken Palm and all these metrics. Uh, but I think Brad Underwood deep down probably loved it. I asked him about that after the game. You know, you get to humble your team. You get to teach your team. 
Uh, he gets to do Brad Underwood things for the next four days leading into Oakland. Uh, we're seeing teams across the country kind of start off really poorly. North Carolina was another one that, that started off really poorly. Again, Michigan State loses, Rutgers loses. This this is why you schedule by games, Derek. This is why you schedule the Pat yeah. a little early, and then you learn from it. You get to rev your guys up. Oakland's going to be a tougher test. They shoot the heck out of it with threes, and then you got Marquette this week. I'm sure they'll be pumped up for that. So I don't think there's going to be a recurring issue for this team. I would hope not, uh, certainly. I think that, yeah, I mean, Marquette, as far as we saw them get up for Kansas, I, I don't see that there being any way that they're not amped up and, and ready to battle in that game. And uh, I just think in terms of – and, again, this is this is one night. Uh, just trying to change the the vibes around the team, the chemistry, the just kind of the, the overall mentality from last year to try to, I think, rid yourself of, of some of that inconsistency last year, just some of the – the passiveness uh, of, of the veterans, of the leaders, I think it would have been a great opportunity to just come out and show that, hey, we're in, we're just in kill mode right now. We don't care who's out there against us. We want to uh, just just dominate and assert our will. Now, again, like I think Eastern did a good job with their defensive intensity early. They really pushed Illinois' offense out uh, beyond the three-point arc and, and didn't allow them to get into a flow and everything. So uh, you, you do have to take into account that it's early in the season. There's going to be a little bit of – there's going to be some ups and downs and you can't play your a game every night. But I think in terms of some of the controllable stuff, like the rebounding, the energy, uh, the, the grit and, and just needing Terrence to maybe take over in a, yeah. in a stretch where you're, you're down, you know, 15 to, to six or whatever it was. This is, this sounds like a broken record from last year. Now, again, it's, you won by almost 30. It's, it's one night, but uh, those are some things. If I'm Brad Underwood, that I'm drilling into my guys in practice this week that, Hey, we, we, we set standards. We said we're going to be different, this type of stuff. Like, let's clean yeah. this up and make sure it doesn't pop up because there, there are teams that you could sleepwalk uh, against that can actually beat you. Eastern not good enough to do that tonight. Um, obviously, we saw Penn State do that to you last year. And there's some some squads out there, maybe a Colgate that could do that to you if you you do that, you know, with, with, with regularity. Yeah, I was going to say Colgate because it's the the week after finals. You have barely any games before and after it, and until bragging rights, like that one screams that. But yeah, I, I think Terrence Shannon's the guy. I, I, I want to see be revved up right away. He's talked about being more of a leader. You got to do that. But but at least he brought it at some point tonight. Yeah, um, right. I, I didn't see that really from Coleman at any point, though he did have five rebounds. Like Terrence took over the game when when he needed to take over the game and found a way to win. But you'd like that to start uh, right from the start. Let's talk about Dre Gibbs Allhorn, Derek. Um, boy, he, he looked every bit confident and, and just gave you the spark that you needed. And you saw his full offensive repertoire uh, on display, his speed in the fast break, his uh, explosiveness at the rim to finish at the rim three straight times during that personal 6-0 run that gave Illinois the lead after they got down by as much as nine. And then the second half, you really saw you know, his mid-range and three-point game get going, hit a couple jumpers, then the three-pointer on an own 7-0 run there, 7-10 uh, from the field, got after it a little bit on the glass. Um, listen, I, I don't think Dre Gibbs-Lohorn is going to do that every night, but Again, like we talk about the depth of this team, the fact that you have that guy um, that, that can come in and potentially give you an offensive spark, he's going to have way bigger tests ahead of him. Remember Adam Miller had 28 points in one of his first games. I'm not expecting this every game from Dre, but uh, he's got it in his bag, man. He's talented. He's very talented. I like the response after uh, outing against Kansas where he didn't get a lot of tick. And I'm sure that knowing kind of his competitive makeup, I mean, he's, he's a – 
a tough, hungry guy, plays with a chip on his shoulder. And, and obviously, Brad mentioned uh, there in the post game that you know he was the best player in practice this week, and it translated that over to this game. So, I like hearing that. Uh, I don't think he necessarily needs confidence because Brad continues to hammer home that he doesn't lack in that. But I do think there's something to be said for getting your feet wet in, in a college game and, and just kind of feeling like you you know you belong out there, you're in a groove out there. I think he can come away from this uh, feeling that and, and get put a case out there that. You know, he can can play in some meaningful games. You're going to have one as soon as next week against Marquette. And I know we're going to talk about it more with Sincere Harris, but uh, I, I think that him being an energy guy off the bench is something that that Gibbs Lawhorn can bring. And he's got tenacity about him. You know, he's he's defensively, I think he's got a lot of upside as he kind of figures out some awareness things and positioning and uh, how to fight through screens. It's just some some stuff you pick up along the way as a veteran that, uh, you, you kind of add to just kind of the raw athleticism of a guy like that and just kind of the competitive nature of it. But, yeah, I mean, scoring is something that he's certainly capable of. There's a reason he goes one EYBL session, and he, which you got a lot of the top players in the country, and he leads the, the session in scoring. He's the MVP. And uh, so he's he's had some moments like this on, on some big stages. Um, I, I just liked how he attacked the rim. I mean, there was yeah. a – there was a stretch there where Illinois just needed something. They were laboring. They were chucking a bunch of threes and not many going in. They were missing free throws left and right. And uh, Dre goes and cleans up uh, a putback and puts it in. And then two straight drives kind of on the fast break to the rim that he scores. So uh, he's got that in his bag. He's got the jump shot, um, which has been streaky at times, but had the three going tonight. And uh, I just love the the attack mode that he played with and just to, to go out with aggression and, and do his thing. Boy, the, the starters and, and specifically the transfers really struggled from three tonight. Illinois starts one for 13. Domask, one for six. I, I thought he was really good just controlling the pace, really good job passing the ball. I uh, got after a little bit defensively too, but Quincy Guerrier, 0 of three from three. Coleman Hawkins, 0 of two. Ty Rogers uh, shot one tonight. Justin Harmon, quiet. So those transfers who, who we praised after Kansas and we saw all that experience pay off. It's really the bench, Derek, with Dre Gibbs Allhorn. Luke Goody hitting three threes along with six rebounds tonight. Uh, Dane Danger, 8.6 rebounds. And Imani Hansberry, 14 minutes, almost got a double-double. <laughs> Eight rebounds, seven points for him uh, along with two assists. Um, Hansberry's going to find a role here, man, but uh, that's a good thing. Like Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Guerrier struggle, and Dane Danger, Imani Hansberry, Luke Goody give you something in that front court. Yeah, it helps to have depth, and, and it helps to, to have the ability to kind of hold people accountable when you have that depth. When, yeah. when a guy's not bringing it, you can afford to play Coleman 14 minutes. And again, it, it helps when you're in a game that uh, is kind of non-competitive there in the second half and you don't worry too much. But um, that that's something where maybe Illinois last year without as much of that, where there'd be times you'd like to sit a guy down on the bench if he wasn't playing hard enough or taking bad shots. And uh, I think they got some of that uh, ability to do that this year. So um, and just it's one of those rosters where it can be different guys nights, you know, yep. like Luke didn't play well against Kansas. Uh, Quincy obviously did. And, and Luke tonight came in and made shots and, and got after on the glass a lot better than some others out there. I mean, Quincy had one rebound in his 20 minutes and uh, Luke, obviously, I think he had six and 18. Yeah, nine, 9.6 rebounds for him, hit three threes. Uh, so that was really good. Amani's just his motor runs really, really well. He's he's just very tough wants to compete, uh, keeps plays alive. And I, I love that about him. He even hits a three tonight. So uh, I thought that was really encouraging just to see him. You know, he 
Kansas was a little rough, his stretch out there. And uh, uh, you saw him against some size inside, which that's still going to be a question going forward is how he handles that and how he just kind of really can be composed and, and be an impact player there. But uh, I did like what he was able to bring. And those guys, the, the bench had to bring it because the, the starting lineup, for whatever reason, didn't have it today. And uh, that that is something that Illinois hopes is a strength going into some bigger matchups. And tonight was uh, – a good starting point. Yeah, I do want to mention, I said uh, one for 13, start from three, then they went nine for 19. At one point, it was seven of 11 uh, to, after that one for 13 stretch. All right, we'll get to some of your questions on the live YouTube. If you want to send those in, we'll get to those. Uh, and we'll hear from Brad Underwood on Sincere Harris. And Derek Piper and I will talk about the impact of Sincere Harris redshirting this season. Pretty odd, but we'll discuss it. Uh, but first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors. Let's talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini. I 23 using that code Illini 23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear. So if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out home field apparel, which has the best designs and these shirts guys are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market. Like what home field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini 23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. This episode of the Alana Enquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and if you and that therapist don't mesh you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge so make your brain your friend again and give better help a try visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash illini All right, Derek, let's talk about um, the big news that came out of this. Illinois basketball always provides some some drama, it feels like, and, and Sincere Harris did not play, and uh, he was not on the media availability report, which the Big Ten is also doing for basketball now. Uh, and you asked him after the game, first question Brad Underwood got is from Derek Piper about Sincere Harris. So here's Brad Underwood discussing that. You heard you say that Sincere's going to redshirt, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. What went into that decision for him and on your side of it as well? Yeah, it, it's um, he's a really, really good player. And uh, um, I think one of the things that, that he understands about his development is uh, that he he needs to get stronger. He needs to get bigger. And it's, it's come at a little slower pace uh, for him. And, and I just think that down the road, um, there's going to be a instead of a 10 minute a game guy there's going to be a 25 minute a game guy who's who's we we know he's a very very good defender 
but there's going to be a guy that adds 15 pounds, 18 pounds. There's going to be a guy that 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 his time will will help, and that year will pay off. And and then I'm excited for him on the academic side as well. Uh, the opportunity to get get um, uh, put himself in a great position to to graduate, and then and then do do work beyond. All right, Derek. I want to be real with our audience here. Like my skepticism radar just goes way through the roof, right? Like whenever you hear these things, whether it's Sky Clark or, or now uh, Dre Gibbs Allhorn, listen, they have the right to their privacy. We'll ask about it. We'll dig into things like this, but um, sincere Harris played a significant role on last year's team, made it made a significant impact in some huge games, UCLA, Texas, Northwestern in changing those games. And we thought he could play a role on this team. I thought it'd be a specialty role where it's like, Hey, this game, you play 15 minutes, this game, you might play two. Um, and, and that could be very difficult, but played 11 minutes in the first exhibition, played seven minutes against Kansas, knew his role wasn't going to be as big with Justin Harmon here, Dre Gibbs Walhorn, uh, giving them more offense off the bench. But uh, I don't know if, if what Brad Underwood said is, is hundred percent true or not. If it's, you know, what's going to happen with sincere Harris, but, yeah, I got questions about whether he's going to be a long-term piece of this team or maybe if Brad Underwood's telling the complete truth, maybe they see three more years after this where he could be a bigger piece. But I, I just am skeptical when, when some of these things come out because it's a rarity for a guy who played a big role to redshirt his next year. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Um, this story is still developing. Well, let's put that as the disclaimer, I guess. Uh, I do have a call to return after this podcast. So we'll maybe we'll have some added uh, late night insight. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, one thing that came to my mind, and it took some some digging into the the old NCAA rules that have been updated as far as transfers go. Look, the first thing I thought of, honestly, was all right, is he going to be a mid-year transfer? Is he a guy that's preserving yeah. his eligibility? Is he then going to, like a lot of people have in, in recent years, then in December after that first semester transfer and, and go set up his next landing spot? A guy that you know wasn't really expected to have a huge role, but that's not to say he wasn't in competition for minutes. Uh, I think Justin Harmon's arrival and then emergence uh, in this rotation as, as an older guy that's more offensively capable than sincere, more experienced than sincere, uh, kind of trumps him, uh, very much trumps him, in my opinion, in terms of the rotation. Again, not to say that Sincere – I think we've talked about this in the past, that he at this point he's kind of a specialty player. He, he's yeah. kind of a, a defensive specialist, an energy guy, uh, offensively still a lot to to work on and clean up with his, his jump shot. Uh, I do think that he, he's shown flashes of, of being better at the rim um, than he was as a freshman, obviously. But he, he's got a ways to go to, to – to really solidify, you know, as a 15, 20 minute a game, obviously beyond that at, at this college level. But uh, to provide some context with the transfer portal window, he can't go into the portal if he were trying to do that, if that was even a thought on his mind until after this season. So the mid-year transfer seems to completely be taken out of out of this game, if I'm interpreting that right. And yeah, I think that's yeah. the way it goes, I think. Yeah, there's only one transfer portal window and it's – Selection Sunday for the next 45 days. That's it for right. college basketball. Right. So that adds another wrinkle to this. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's just so rare for guys to redshirt these days, especially ones that have already kind of made their way and shown that they're capable and ready to play in college basketball, uh, especially you know, at the high major level. And uh, I'll be honest, there there was some talk this offseason of, you know, go back to the spring and, yeah. and maybe – 
based on what Illinois was going to get in the portal and based on some decisions, obviously with Terrence and what the backcourt would look like, would Sincere look for a bigger role, um, more guaranteed minutes? Because uh, I think there was some talk of, of him wanting that. Um, and why wouldn't you? So uh, I'm trying to kind of – Without knowing all the the inside information, because this this surprised us. Um, yeah. Well, I I think it's important for us to say we're skeptical of it. Yeah. Right. But let, let's go down the road. That I want to say this: like, if he made this decision, I think it'd be almost refreshing and oh yeah, potentially a really good decision. Like, if this if this is one hundred percent true that he wants to get stronger and that Brad Underwood sat down and said, "Hey, sincere, you might play ten minutes a game at the most this year." but we think you can be a star for us down the road, right? Or, or you can be a starter who gets 25 minutes playing in the Big Ten. Once your offense develops, once you get stronger so you can finish at the rim and use all that athleticism and length, I think it'd be like a refreshing decision for me because like kids don't redshirt because they can just go somewhere else and play now. Mm-hmm. But if he really wants to play at the Big Ten level and play for Illinois and play for Chester Frazier who recruited him and play for Brad Underwood who recruited him, I, I think that'd be – a good decision for him for the long term if he wants to stick it out at Illinois. So if that is the case, like I would be like, Hey, good for you, sincere. Like you, you made a decision that a lot of people probably have too much pride to make. Um, even when Michael Finke redshirted, it was rare then his mm-hmm. freshman year, but it was the smart decision. It was a smart decision because he wasn't ready. Uh, and, and I think sincere now with Justin Harmon here, Jerry Gibbs Wallhorn here can see that, man, I, I can't count on minutes. If I want to maximize my minutes in college, uh, maybe I should redshirt. Whether that's here or, here or somewhere else remains to be seen. But if it is here, I, I think it'd be commendable. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I do think there's something to be said for now that you're exiting kind of the, the COVID window of guys coming in with COVID years, then there's a little bit more of a, a sensitivity to – to what that one year of an eligibility looks like for, especially for a guy that's, you know, going to be, you, you'd assume a four-year player in college. So if, if he were to play a, a role this year where he's the eighth, ninth, 10th man in the rotation, whatever it would end up being, uh, then he's got two years left uh, in, in terms of trying to, to solidify and become the type of player that he wants to be. So he does need to get stronger. He, he needs to prove his shot, obviously. Um, and I still like his, his potential upside, I think if he can kind of – if he can fine-tune some things within his offensive game, if he can become uh, stronger for sure and uh, just kind of get more experience and awareness and, and everything. Um, but I, I think you, you battle that with also the the idea that you look back at last year's biggest wins and they beat UCLA and, and Sincere was really the igniter of that comeback. I mean, obviously Terrence hits – what eight threes but sincere was the first guy that brad mentioned because he gets all up in tiger campbell's business and turns him over and 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 starts that that defensive switch texas against marcus Carr did a really good good job boo booey uh here uh late in the season there was that's a good question derek you're basically asking the question like what is the impact of not having sincere harris this season yeah it's it's that it's it's the ability to try to shut the water off of of a, a guard that you feel like can hurt you. Or, or if you're flat like Illinois was tonight, that's why I think that was the first sign of something's up with Sincere is that, that you know, he wasn't on the, the injury report or there was no indication of him not playing. And Illinois is down nine to Eastern and they, at a lifeless, essentially. Sincere Harris is the guy that you call upon to go in there and obviously change the – 
just kind of change the momentum and turn the tide. And he's he's creating just energy plays and diving on the floor and being gritty about that. So um, that that's what he brings. I, I think Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn did that tonight in terms of uh, being that shot in the arm. I think he can do that. You're just going to need that to be picked up from someone like, like Draven and uh, maybe some of these other guys like Justin Harmon off the bench. Uh, I, I just think, you know, obviously – Draven's got a, a decent amount to learn this year, a lot, lot to be excited about. But Sincere got to learn some of the stuff through last year's experiences that he obviously yeah. could have applied this year. So um, we're, we're speculating. We're trying to figure this thing out. Uh, if Sincere is making that decision for the long term, I think it's it's obviously um, it's a pivot based on just kind of the, right. the microwave mentality that's going on right now in, in the NCAA basketball and in other sports as well. So. Uh, I'll be interested to follow up on it, but yeah, I mean, it, it immediately kind of raises your eyebrows and makes you question, uh, admittedly. Bring this up. 2022 recruiting class, Derek, Ty Rogers, the only one playing this season, the only one in sophomore year that'll be making an impact uh, on, on the team. That's just uh, a shock for what was a good recruiting class, by the way, recruiting classes I, I want to bring up because uh, signing day is later this week. So we'll talk about the 2024 class. Anything else you want to hit on Derek? We, we saw um, some minutes from Nico Moretti tonight. Mm-hmm. He had uh, three rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. So obviously up and down performance from him, Ty Rogers, I thought was pretty good early again, six points, uh, but only two rebounds in this time there. No assists, no turnovers uh, for him there. So anything else you want to hit on from some of these guys? Yeah, I think Nico made some nice plays. Uh, I do think I can see it offensively in terms of the way he processes the game. I think that there's a there's a life to to the ball when he has it in his hands, like as far as like what he sees and how the ball kind of pops around. And um, he made some mistakes. Like he, he turned it over. He traveled. Um, so three turnovers. He – you heard um, Underwood after one of those travels later in the game just say, be solid, just be mm-hmm. be solid with the ball. And that's something that, you know, whether it's Draven or uh, Nico, they, they want those guys to be more steady, more reliable to, to get those minutes and, and maybe some bigger games. But uh, defensively, we'll see. I still wonder about him against some, some, be- some bigger guys, some more athleticism. Um, but I, I just – I've heard a lot, you know, Brad spoke highly of, of just kind of his – his court vision and, and just kind of overall being a one of the few, if only pure point guards on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a little bit of that tonight. So I like that. Um, uh, I think that I thought Dane would have got going a little bit more tonight. I, I think some of it was part of his, his touches, but they didn't feed him enough inside. I thought, I thought the exact same thing. I mean, Dane was made to feast on mid majors, right? Yeah. Like he's a good big 10 player too. And he's, he's a great guy to bring off the bench, but Dane should be feasting on it. And they just did not get him the ball enough. Yeah, I mean, he hit uh, Har- or he hit Hamlin with a nice little like drop step through him and and an and one, and uh, I just think they could have they could have fed him and he could have probably had twenty if they actually you know made that that effort. He only played twelve minutes tonight, um, coming off a game against Kansas where he played what ten, nine or ten. Yeah. So um, I just want to see him get the ball more. Yeah, I think he would have played a lot more in a normal game. I think Brad wanted to get Amani. Uh, a lot of minutes uh, yeah. after he he didn't have a great performance against Kansas. And I think he kept Dre Gibbs Allhorn in late. Uh, I think to continue to build up his confidence. But uh, good good early showing for Dre Gibbs Allhorn and Monty Han- Monty Hansbury, the class of 2023. We we're just talking about the lack of guys other than Ty Rogers in the class of 2022. That's a good showing after those guys didn't play much uh, against Kansas. So 
how does it translate going up against Marquette? I'm not sure, Derek, but right. th- th- this is where you want these guys to make an impact and gain some confidence. Absolutely. I mean, that's probably the biggest value you can get out of these games. I mean, you know, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, whether it's Terrence Coleman, those guys, you're not going to probably change your opinion too much on even Marcus and, and Justin and Quincy. So, uh, being in a position where you're up big enough to get those guys legit minutes is really something that, that matters greatly for their, their development throughout the season. And just if you get in a spot and, and Marquette and you're in a pinch because of foul trouble, or, you know, I, I keep saying knock on wood in case there's, there's an injury. Um, you want to see what that looks like. I, I know that as of right now, in particular, as it goes for Nico and, and Dre, that, it seems like Brad's most comfortable if Ty's not the point guard that Marcus Damask will have the ball in his hands. Uh, quick aside, I think Marcus goes one for six from three tonight. I think he'll be fine, but yeah, no uh, want to see those threes go down for sure. Uh, but yeah, you, you want these guys getting confidence, and that's why you you play some of these games. Kind of on that, that note of three point shooting, though, I remember being told this team was going to take less threes. <laughs> They're taking a lot of threes. A lot of threes. You go to the exhibition games. I know that, you know, Kansas, they shot a lot of free throws. That kind of takes away some of your what would be two-point field goal attempts. But it was like 51, 52% of their field goal attempts in the exhibitions were threes. And tonight, 32 of their 58 shots were threes. This team chucked it a little bit. Um, I'm, still, I'm still waiting to see. And Terrence was dominated at certain stuff. I'm still waiting to see that mid-range game that, that yeah. we heard about. The, 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 like, I, I'm interested to see because I thought sometimes he got out of control going to the rim, and we saw that times last year. People are going to collapse on him, and I thought he did a better job of, of moving the ball baseline. He would get it out and get the ball moving, got Luke Goody a couple open threes. But, um, yeah, the, the mid, mid-range game for him, that runner game, I'm, I'm interested to see if that develops on the court here because I, I didn't really see it against Kansas or in this game. Yeah, it's something that I think he's still got to to find a feel with to get a comfort of of when to pick those spots. And I'm sure he'll go back and maybe see some stuff on film that uh, you know there are some times tonight that it, he's had this even you know last year where he wants to be aggressive going downhill, but there's some times maybe he gets a little uh, overly aggressive ahead of himself. Um, he was a little loose with the ball, especially in the first half when he was kind of in that a little bit of a rut. But I'm sure that he's just kind of got to see it a little bit more in it, uh, in terms of his spots to, to pick because yeah. there is a balance of, okay, we know that you're, you've worked a lot on the mid-range, but we'd really like for you to go to the rim and, and draw fouls and get to the free throw line for easy points too. But um, there's no doubt that you know that's, that's a nice range where especially when the three ball's not going or it's, it's a little streaky, which it has been for, for him, that, you know, that, that 15, 18-foot area – uh, where I don't think teams are going to put a lot of emphasis on guarding him, at least right now, that he can – there's points to be had there for sure. All right, let's get to a few questions before we get out of here, Derek. Brock asks, what's the ceiling for DGL this year uh, and for his Illinois career? Got any comps? I love a good comp too, Brock, so I understand. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you that Purdue thought of him as like a Carson Edwards type, and I know he's not as thick as, as Carson. but um, he's, he's longer. That's he's sure. longer too, yeah. Um but in terms of just a pure score, uh, a pure score uh, that can be explosive, uses athleticism. Again, they're, they're different um, in some senses, but I think the ability to be uh, – can he be a all-Big Ten potential yes. NBA guy? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got that because of the athleticism and the just the natural talent. Uh, what, the, what the ceiling is this year, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be 
is there a, a range of outcomes where he ends up being a starter? Is there a range of outcomes where, depending on what Ty looks like at point guard and if Draven really settles in and, you know, you put him out there, then maybe you, you have five potential shooters on the court. I'm, I think that's possible. I, I would doubt that um, – I would think it's more likely that he's going to be that off the bench, you know, maybe uh, second guy in along with Justin Harmon or, or with Luke. Uh you know, maybe a, a fifteen to twenty minute a game guy. There's there's traffic ahead of him too. So he's he's not as big as this guy, Derek. Not like as thick, but I'm just trying to think of a, a guy recently in the Big Ten that was a guard, kind of more of a two guard, but mm-hmm. can handle and is really explosive at the rim and can get buckets. He's not going to be a lottery pick, but there's like that Jaden Ivy kind of quality to him. You know, what I mean, like Jaden's thick, right? Yeah. Um, Dre does not have that. He's like 40 pounds less than what Jaden Ivey was. But like a mix of that and a little bit smaller of a body. Like, right. like he, he's got that kind of game to him. Yeah, no, it is uh, that that twitchiness, that athleticism that, that he obviously can rely on. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think the body, like you, you think about Jaden Ivey, you think about who he was yeah. a little bit, uh, you know, kind of his, his latter stages there at Purdue. But um, yeah, I mean, it's someone that's dangerous downhill. It's someone that in the open core, I think there's still things that we can see out of, out of Dre that, uh, you know, end to end, I, I think he's going to have some, some real splash plays when he gets a full head of steam. So, um, he's fun. He's a fun player. He's got yeah. the ability to make some, some splash electric plays. And I, I think that, that you got a taste of that tonight and we'll see if he can continue to build on that. Jaden Ivey game in a Trey Burke body. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's something like those are two damn good players, by the way. <laughs> so I'm not trying to say he's going to be that. Uh, Jake, Goody looked uh, good, but I feel like you will only do that against lower competition. I don't know, man. He shoots and he plays his butt off. Uh, I, I think that translates to anybody. He gets open shots, man. He's knocking them down. Like he, He's in a really important – player for this team i mean three of five from three he's not gonna do that every night but this is the one guy i think on this team that's gonna shoot potentially 40 percent from three yeah and you need that you need someone that's gonna be steady from beyond the arc and uh you know i think that i mean he had some stretches as a freshman where he comes in against the michigan state team and makes some plays and uh he's gonna be a scrapper on the glass he showed that uh he's gonna be uh, an energy guy he's gonna be someone that the ball moves with him. I, I like the kind of the chemistry that we've seen early on between him and Marcus Damas. Those guys just seem to feed off each other. Like they, they, they can find each other cross court passes and just good field players that obviously can stretch a defense and shoot from the, on the arc as well. So uh, I get it. I mean, some people are going to see the fact that, you know, he's, he's not the most athletic guy out there. Um, he, he defensively we'll see depending on the matchups he can get he can get exploited a little bit Uh, I understand that as well but um, you know I I think that I'm not calling him I'm not gonna say he's gonna be your Andrew Funk but I I I would think there'd be some times where depending on you know defensively or athleticism wise there, there have been shooters on down the line that maybe don't bring some other things but when they make in they knock in threes they it kind of balance itself out so um I think that he, he can serve a valuable role for this team still I hate to do the white guy comp again, but uh, we did this when he was a recruit. Can he be there, Matt McQuaid? I think he is capable of, yeah. of, do, of doing something like that. John, free throws plagued Illinois last year. Looks to be the same this year, too. That is a sure weakness, and yep. it will probably cost them games. Yep. That is a, <laughs> yeah. a real, real weakness. And tonight it went even to their good shooters. Domask was one of two. Coleman, one of two. Shannon, 
He was like 75 to 80 percent, mm. three of eight from the free throw line tonight. He was the worst defender uh, of all of this. So I'm not going to be too concerned. I got a huge sample size of Terrence Shannon, but yes, this team is is not good at, at free throws. Ty Rogers misses one tonight. That guy's not confident at the free throw line. Yeah, you can't argue with it. I mean, there's enough of a sample size last year that it was a big problem. Um, and I, I think that we'll see, obviously, how, th- how things progress. But co- paired with, like, some of the point guard, um, playmaking against pressure defense, with free throw shooting, I think late game could get a little little hairy at times. Um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, you're leaving points out there by some of these guys going to the line not converting. It's frustrating. It's frustrating yeah. for fans to watch. I saw a couple of people mention Coleman and, and Brad. They saw a video on the sidelines of, of them getting into it. Listen, Brad reels into his players. He got after Goody at one point. Um, so some of those confrontations I don't take a ton from. Coleman and Brad have had a lot of those moments throughout the years, and Coleman continues to be here and continues to play for him. So I, I don't know if you got any insight there, Derek, if you saw it. But it was a bad night for Coleman, and his coach got after him. That's not a surprise. No, and I, I had somebody text me who was watching the game too and said that him and Tim Anderson apparently had a what looked like a long talk on the bench when he came out. So, I mean, Coleman's an emotional guy. He, he has been. He, uh, Him and Brad have, have butted heads at times. It, it happens. Um, I, I think I go back to what I said. I think there's a little bit of a accountability there when you look at his minutes and uh, Brad not liking what he was seeing. Uh, Coleman was, was at the five – Kind of getting pushed around a little bit. I don't think Brad liked that as far as the rebounding, um, some of the defense on Jermaine Hamlin, and, and he made a couple of turnovers. I think one time I really liked the pump fake uh, from the top of the key. He drove it, but he was off. He didn't jump stop. He, he was off balance. He thought Quincy was going to space the corner. Quincy cut, and he threw it out of bounds. So um, it, it's one of those nights that just he didn't play that well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, when you're a senior, when you're a guy that has – NBA draft stock, you expect a little bit more, a lot of bit more, uh, and more consistency when you're supposed to be a guy that leads and sets the tone. So, um, but I don't want to take too big a grand takeaway. I mean, obviously Coleman, if he had a problem with the way Brad coached him, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be here. Uh, would have been here. Year, yeah, would have been here last year. This right? year, last year, you know, he's he's riding with it, obviously. This episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org yeah uh last thing before we go here derek uh signing day later this week class of three that ranks number 18 in the country marez johnson 
finally will sign a national letter of intent with Illinois. And of course, Jason Jackstis, who's really risen in the 24 seven sports rankings. You see on the screen, number 110. And of course the guard, they just took Jace Butler out of California. Just what do you think of this class? Merez is a, a dynamite get. And it, I think some of it's worn off probably in terms of the, maybe fans have, have let that, that impact maybe just, be taken for granted a little bit uh, because he's been in the class for so long because he's been committed for what two years now essentially. So uh, and he's his stock just continues to to elevate. He's going to have a chance. I, I we we're not disclaimer. We're not we don't make the rankings. We don't have input as far as you know. He hey he should be higher than this guy. I just know that at Peach Jam against the best of the best, he was one of the best players out there um, at any position, and uh, I think that. His athleticism obviously shows his, his toughness. He's adding some more to his bag offensively, getting more. I mean, he's very comfortable with either hand around the rim. I think he's got some spin moves, some face-up game. It's If the jump shot can progress a little bit more, I think that's something that they can really check a lot of the boxes there. So um, so, so let's let's do the Big Ten comp because I enjoy these, Derek, and I'm not yeah, afraid to do them. Yeah. Uh, Musa Diabate would be mine. And, and if Musa Diabate would have stuck around for a sophomore year, uh, I think he would have been pretty ridiculous. Uh, Moose is a little bit bigger, but Merez's motor might be better. Yeah, I think I think Merez is a little bit more rugged, but yeah. I, I definitely uh, that's something that Illinois like around the the time of his commitment. That was some of what you were hearing in terms of the projectable. Is just a guy that's got length, that's got athleticism that uh, can can kind of at the time they thought maybe it was a, a four slash five, and now it, it seems pretty clear. You know, he's going to be even though he's listed there as a power forward, he's Best as a five man, at least for right now. Um, but is there a I, Bruno Fernando comp in there? Maybe as he continues to get strong. I mean, he's a strong dude. Um, yeah. Bruno was maybe a little bit uh, another level. Kind of, you know, I thought that Kofi had a decent amount of Bruno uh, in him. Obviously, Kofi maybe is a little bit another layer of of thick. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I like what I like the the Diabate. Maybe just a little bit yeah. more, a little more dog to him, uh, in my opinion. All right, Jackson and, and Butler. What do you got there? Well, Jackson is obviously Ethan Happ. I don't know how, what else <laughs> anybody else is saying there, but no, I just Crow, uh, Stephen Crow. Yeah, Stephen Crow, maybe. Um, what Wisconsin big man can we pick there? Take that's, your pick. That's what it is, right? Take your pick. But uh, I, you know, I liked what I saw from him in the summer. I, I see the projectable stuff, like as far as you know, six ten. I, I think he's he moves pretty well. He's more mobile, more more athletic than Brandon Lee, but. I, Anybody that's going to – there's going to be people that look and see, hey, he's tall and white and skinny, and he's, he's the same guy as that. But uh, uh, he's got a ability to stretch it out, um, shoot it a little bit, uh, you know, make some plays off the dribble. Uh, it's a long-term play. They're probably going to – they're probably going to redshirt him. Uh, I think, you know, that's kind of been in the in the plans in terms of talking to, to what that looks like and um, seeing if you can really tap into his longer-term potential by building up his body. But uh, I think fans should – should like the fact that you know Eric Bossy saw him in uh, in July, and obviously liked him enough to rank him close to the top 100. And uh, he's shown some things against the Under Armour circuit. So, twenty four seven sports, the the high man, <laughs> Jason yeah. Jackson. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, maybe maybe higher than even and we were coming into this, but you know Bossy saw him against top competition, as you said, Derek. Yeah, and it was someone that you know some other high majors were, were trying to push, and you know I know Clemson liked him a lot. I know that you know Notre Dame was messing around with him for a second, and uh, Illinois was able to close it. So 
Um, it's a projectable one. It's one of those that can look really good a couple, you know, three years from now. It's one of those that uh, maybe it, some would say it was a reach, but at least in terms of the ranking, that that supports their evaluation as well. And Jace Butler, they, they uh, need more guards, obviously, Derek, and guards that can handle, create, and score. Yeah, they, they think they found a diamond in the rough with him. Um, a guy that didn't have another high major offer. I know Stanford pushed late and uh, was trying to get him on campus right after Illinois as far as that visit goes. But um, he really, really uh, showed well when they watched him in June. He was in an event in Phoenix and uh, kind of has a he, – he's got a, a lefty game with a little bit of size to him. Obviously, it's six foot four, got an ability to shoot it. Uh, they love his feel. I think he's a pure point guard. Uh, I know he's listed as a combo. They just think he's a – a really heady player that can make good passes, good reads out of pick and rolls. And they do need, they, they need more facilitators. They want uh, guys in those roles that can, can shoot it. And, and I think that he's got that to him as well. And uh, you know, I've talked about this a little bit. Uh, Merez mentioned it when I talked to him the other night, he's got a little bit of Jalen Brunson stylistically to him. I'm not saying he's going to be an all American. I'm not saying he's going to sign a hundred million dollar deal in the NBA, but uh, they just, they like his, they like who he's going to be projectable-wise. I know that people will will very much monitor who Jace Butler is versus who Mikey Lewis is because of those those commitments or those recruitments being kind of intertwined in Illinois. Seemingly preferred Jace Butler, at least wanted to take the guy that wanted to come, and they pushed Jace Butler to come. So um, I, I think that that's, that's something that's going to be interesting to, to play out, but they're very, very high on who he's going to be. Yeah, what stands out to me is – how big his body is like he's physically ready to play uh and then he's skill like you said he's not the quickest most athletic um I, I keep having wisconsin guards come in my head so i don't know if it's chucky hepburn or jordan taylor who ended up being mm -hmm. way better than his projection but but just those guys guys who can control a game Derek, make everybody better and, and make some shots yeah no that's a good value you look at the fact of it's a different stylistic player than say you know Draven Gibbs Lawhorn who's who's twitchy and athletic and and one who compliments Dre Gibbs Lawhorn really well right yeah in terms of his his passing um just a bigger body like you know Draven is is a little on the the, the smaller side at least right now I mean he's wiry he's 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 long he's uh I think he's got a, a frame that can build up some strength but uh six foot four gives you some versatility in terms of who you can guard uh, and then also, you know, maybe if, if you're facing more of a athletic, twitchy point guard, you can throw Gibbs Lawhorn on him and, and have Butler guard the two guard. And uh, I think as you also factor in Illinois' pursuit of Jeremiah Fierce, uh, being a, a score first player, uh, being a guy that's a, a talented shot maker, uh, Draven obviously is a, a guy that's wired to score. The, the idea that Jace is in there and, and can be more of a table setter too and not necessarily – a guy that's looking for his first and foremost. I think that that uh, really went into the thought process of trying to balance this out and, and try to find pieces that fit. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, thank you to everybody for listening to the Illinois Choir podcast. We're going to wrap it up there. But uh, Illinois gets the victory 80 to 52. Um, and uh, now they got Oakland 7 o'clock central time on friday that'll be on the uh, big 10 streaming network big plus uh, and then Derek marquette comes to town next week and uh, marquette looked pretty good and their opener not really played anybody but that's when that's when it gets real that's when it gets real for this team they got to play a lot better tonight uh, to beat marquette very very real a uh, big opportunity for a 
a win on your resume that can mean a lot. I mean, they're number five in the country for a reason. Tyler Kolick is thought to be one of the best point guards out there, a guy that can really shoot it. And um, Marquette was one of the hottest teams going into the tournament last year. They're the last team to beat UConn uh, when you look back at the, the Big East tournament. So, I mean, they returned a lot from that squad. So that's a, a legit test. And, and side note, I forgot I forgot for a hot second that Rocket Watts is still playing, and he's at – Is Oakland. he really? I mean, that, isn't that what uh, Brad said in the post game? I thought he said – yeah, the uh, dude who's who takes 18 threes in a game uh, against Oakland. So Greg Campy, man, uh, 40 years he's been there. He took Kendrick Dunn uh, on the mm-hmm. comeback and, and turned Kendrick Dunn into an NBA prospect, uh, putting the ball in his hands. They play a fast, loose style. They they chuck it up there, and they're dangerous, man. Uh, yeah. If Illinois doesn't make threes that night and uh, Oakland makes their 10-plus as they do every game, that could be a, a, a that could be a scary game. He's had some good teams through the years. Uh, maybe not as many recently, but yeah, it, them pushing Ohio State all the way to the brink. That was a three-point game with 15 seconds to go. Ohio State wins by six. I know Illinois projected to be a, a better team than than the Buckeyes this year, but yeah, if, if Illinois comes out flat, if Illinois struggles to shoot both from the three and from the free throw line, there's a number of teams that could beat them. And Oakland with their firepower, I mean. <laughs> It was kind of funny to look at the box. They had a guy that literally shot 17 threes tonight. Yeah. Like he took 17 shots and all 17 were from three. That, that's just that's crazy. But um, as a team, they shot 14 of 35. That's 40 percent. Yeah. Scary. It's a little scary. <laughs> it could be. Scary. Yeah, it's uh, upsets are made of those sometimes. Yeah. All right, um, basketball season is back. We are pumped about it. We got plenty of content coming. Joey's got a story on Rich McBride, who coaches uh, on the Eastern Illinois staff. Did a great job with that, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Derek Piper will have player grades, and uh, I'll probably have something up on Dre Gibbs Allhorn in the morning as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Atlantic Wire podcast. Thanks to all of our listeners and watchers on YouTube, more than 300 people at one point. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. We appreciate all the support. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast.